Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome back to Cinema Adventures, where every week we come together and give our two cents on some of your favorite movies. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at CinemaADV. Please make sure to rate and view us on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you can find us. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? This week we're going to review Ant-Man and the Wasp. 2018's Marvel sequel to Ant-Man 2015, starring Paul Rudd. Naughty, what would you think of it? I thought it was good. I definitely enjoyed it. Um, had a lot of good action sequences, and uh, the story was decent, you know? I like the, uh, the fact that they brought back Hope's mom in this one. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that was a big, big uh, step in the right direction for them. Yeah, I, I liked it. I liked it, um, despite not being as, or at least I felt like it wasn't as funny as the, the first one. Um, the jokes in the first one seemed to come a little bit more naturally flowing than, than, than on the sequel. I had a big problem with one of the, one of the characters, which is, um, Jimmy Woo, which is Randall Park. Um, you didn't like Randall Park? Nah. Really? I enjoy him in most things. Yeah, he wasn't the, the idiot of the movie, you know, and that okay. just, you know, just didn't work for me. You know, overall, uh, it was a solid movie, a solid movie. Yeah, I definitely enjoyed the fact that they carried through the family and father-daughter aspect from Ant-Man yeah, into this movie. I think that was the heart of Ant-Man, you know, Cassie and mm-hmm. Scott Lang's relationship and trying to rebuild that. The comedy, again, I loved Randall Park. I thought he was funny. I like him in most things, too, really? uh, especially in the interview with <laughs> Seth Rogen and James Franco. <laughs> he, he's got the comedic timing of Michael Pena. I think he was a, a nice addition. Speaking of Michael Pena, I really enjoyed that they bumped up his role and the, the three guys, T.I. and uh, the guy from Dark Knight. Yeah. The one we name. still won't. Yeah, the one we, there, we <laughs> yeah, don't know his it's name. It's almost like you refuse to look up his name. <laughs> it's going to be a staple of the show that I just don't know that guy's name. There's a lot of cool themes. I like that this movie was smaller. Seriously, no pun intended. Don't always need world destruction, universe destruction. Yeah. It was a nice palate cleanser yeah. from Avengers Infinity War. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I think Paul Rudd fits well in a ensemble cast. You know, he he. I think he fits better in this movie than he did in Ant Man because he had all the attention on him. And I feel like when he can just blend in with everybody, he's at his best. He really let everyone else shine. Yeah. And I think the writers and the director really gave everyone a nice piece of screen time, you yeah. know, in this movie. I don't feel like any one person got a mass amount mm-hmm. of screen time in this. I think everyone really shared the screen nicely. Yeah, I felt like towards the end of the movie, it took a, like a, a turn a bit of, I mean, not serious. I mean, I guess I should say uh, more on a serious tone to a Marvel movie. That, you know, because some of them are always kind of just fun, playful, and this one seemed like it got serious because most of the times, you know, it doesn't take, the movie doesn't take itself so serious, you know, throughout the whole movie. But towards the end, it kind of starts like, you know, come on, let's start buttoning things up, let's start getting serious, and it just comes across as, you know, a serious tone movie. It's definitely one of the more comedic movies of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it it always has been. I think from the very beginning, they've, they've put themselves in a box and said, hey, we're not separate, but we're kind of separate, and we're going to do our own thing, mm-hmm. and we're going to be a little more lighthearted. We're going to be a little funner. You got a guy named Ant-Man. You know, <laughs> there's only so much we can do serious-wise with that character. He shrinks, you know? So I think and, it was a smart idea to keep grows, it comedic. And grows. And grows, yeah. yes. And grows now, which yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome. Before we head into spoiler territory, do you guys want to just give general score on this movie? So I'm going to give it four Rickies right off the bat. Kind of like to what you said. It's, it's a... It almost feels like a standalone movie. 
I mean, it doesn't feel necessarily tied in to the rest of the Marvel Universe, even though, you know, if you s- somehow somewhat feel, <clears throat> you know, know the, the, the characters or just the Marvel, it lays down some of the foundation for some of the, you know, of what it's going to possibly lead up to. But overall, it feels like a, just a self-standalone movie of just mm-hmm. Ant-Man. I thought it was a pretty fun, enjoyed it. Um you know, don't have too much negative things to say about it. But, you know, there are some things that I just kind of have more like questions and not necessarily questions on like, huh, I wonder what this means. More like, what the fuck type of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you definitely tell people to go see it. Definitely. 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 Yeah, it's a fun summer flick. All right. Naughty, what did you think? I agree with Fail on that one. Yeah, I'd say it's definitely a fun movie to watch, and it's definitely entertaining. And like I said before, the movie, the the story of the movie is really good. Um, so I'd definitely give it the same. I'd give it four Rickies. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you guys. I think this is fun, a good time at the movies. It it was definitely enjoyable, and I would recommend going to see it immediately. And it looks like people are. I think it made more than the first Ant Man already. All right, guys, this is your warning. Spoilers, spoilers. Okay. Back out now if you have not seen Ant-Man and go the Wasp. Go watch it. Do yourself a favor. Go watch it and then come back and listen. So let's just dive into it, guys. Open discussion. Problems that I had with this movie um, would have to be... I didn't say problems. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what, you got a problem with Ant-Man or what? You got a no, problem I mean, with just, me. This is a couple, of, a couple of things that I had a problem naughty, with. Naughty, naughty. Uh, Pick a fight with someone your own size. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> Uh, just little things that didn't really make any sense to me. The car to shrink and with them inside of it. How does that make any sense? They, I think they, they addressed it. Do they? Again, I don't, I don't and, and, remember them talking about it. They yeah. kind of just throw it in there and go, hey, here you go. There it is. And like, if it's, if it's the same technology as a suit, how does that work? Because the only thing that they, that they added to the car was that little handle that you see. It's like shrink, big, <laughs> shrink, big. That's it. Well, Nothing it, else. There's no like, you know, crazy looking engine. There's no... Nothing. It looks like a normal car, but the inside it has that little handle that says shrink and, and expand. That's it. Well, it was kind of the same thing. I mean, from reviewing Ant-Man, I remember yeah. at one point I talked, I asked you, it was like, when they were mm-hmm. still trying to um, perfect the, the formula, I was like, yeah, what yeah. are they trying to perfect? Mm-hmm. They can already shrink the suit. And then you basically kind of filled in the, the blank on me for me that you told me, well, they got the non-organic, mm-hmm. but now they need the organic. So I think they kind of are, are assuming or expecting you to kind of learn or know already from that, that they can yeah, non-organic. Mm-hmm. But it does raise the question. is like, how does everybody in the exactly, car shrink? Exactly. Technically, it doesn't really make any sense because the suit, it's, you know, the person inside the suit. And then it has all those, like, lines that, you know, they go around the suit itself. That's how, that's how they shrink. Yeah. But in the car, there's nothing like that. Okay, so you know, not, yeah. how, how 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 are they supposed to shrink with the car? It doesn't make any sense. Damn it, you just ruined the whole illusion for the fucking movie. Damn it, Naughty. Because now you have yeah, me because just... qu- now you have me questioning it. Like, what the hell? Like, yeah, okay, they they I get the whole you know yeah. van shrinking yeah, and the yeah. vehicles, but what about the people inside the vehicles? Exactly. Shouldn't they stay the same size? But exactly, you know, yeah. so I mean, you. but I movie you. science. I mean, sorry to ruin it for you guys. I mean, it's still fucking <laughs> awesome. It's it's so awesome to see on 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 the big screen and see it you know play out within the movie how they you know, shrink underneath cars and then make them bigger again and flip the cars over. And those chase scenes were awesome. But I mean, when you think about it, it's like, how the fuck does it work? Honestly, I didn't even think about that. You know what I was thinking about the whole time when these cars were shrinking? What's that? Was how are they not crushing the car when it regrows? Like, it grows underneath Mm -hmm. another car. As far as I know, physics, it would have just crushed the car underneath it. Yeah, true. So that was my issue. I'm like, how is this just popping a car Uh in the air? Yeah. It's... 
Is it like an explosion, maybe? Because it's <laughs> yeah. happening so fast? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, yeah that, that doesn't make any sense either. That I mean. was one of the things that um, bothered me. But I don't know if that's a negative because not wasting time on little nitpicky things mm-hmm. like that yeah. can be a benefit and can also be a curse because in the movie I was thinking about it, but someone else might be like, well, I didn't really think about that at all. I was, I was having too much fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this movie is a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, and speaking of scenes that really don't have anything to do with anything and are just pure comedic relief is the whole shrinking to get the trophy because the suits underneath the trophy in the classroom. All of that was nonsense. Like they didn't need any of the shrinking and True. growing. They could have just walked into the, to the, uh, they could have flown in through a window, grabbed yeah. the trophy and left. But yeah. all of that was just for our benefit, oh, for us to yeah. laugh and have fun. Oh, yeah. On some of the special effects, I don't even think it was kind of special effects. It was more kind of an optical illusion, right? Or was Which it special was effects? Um, oh, him. During the, the school scene. Oh, when the, when the suit malfunctioned, he, was yeah, like, he's basically yeah. mid childlike. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. <laughs> he's like four feet tall. <laughs> yeah. He's, so what they did was they built multiple sets, big sets, small sets, and then put Paul Rudd against them. And then also, once again, just like Ant-Man, they used photorealistic backgrounds and blended the two. Yeah. So when he's like running down the stairs and he's like child size, he's running down a big set of stairs that oh, okay. they built. Okay. Same thing with the room when he grows in the room. That's just okay. a small room. That yeah, because I saw something yeah. for their marketing, which I mean, I, I didn't do much research on it, but I did see like a, an Instagram post or something. I forgot exactly what it was. But they show basically the, the optical illusion that it is that as somebody's walking further off, they look smaller. And as they're walking closer to the screen, it looks gigantic. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, that's I was like, I'm sure that's going to, you know, because they had this whole setup or whatever. And like I said, it's just a marketing thing that they had. And I'm thinking to myself before watching the movie, I was like, I'm sure that's going to play into somehow something in the movie. Sure enough, it plays out in the, the school scene and it worked. It looks funny and weird and yeah it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a fun it's just for you to laugh like you said throughout the movie you don't really need it but it's just one of those things you know it's just too pure comedy you know it's just the comedy element to to that man yeah this movie has a lot of those moments where it's just you can almost tell that a lot of these scenes are designed just to make us laugh yeah a lot of the set pieces you know one thing that i did notice guys is there's there's fight scenes. It feels like there's more car chase scenes and yeah, like chase scenes in general. Yeah, there definitely is. And a lot less hand to hand like we were used to yeah. in like, you know, the Cap- first, yeah. Captain America or and even, all those movies. Even the last movie. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like a lot more car chase scenes, which I think is cool because they're mm-hmm. showing off San Francisco. That's yeah. another thing I noticed. This one feels like San Fran. Yeah. I've only been there once with Fail. Yeah. We visited, we spent the whole day there. And this movie reminded me of San Fran, and mm-hmm. I've only been there once. And I was like, man, this feels like it's in San Francisco. Yeah, the, the last one, movie? Exactly, yeah. You don't feel if like If you would have asked me where all. it takes place, I would have been like, uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. big San Diego? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So that was another cool part. Uh, what did you guys think about that whole aspect of the car chase scenes and I then taking cool. place? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I cool. thought it was cool. That they, they showed a lot more, of San, like you said, of San Francisco and actually got to go down, you know, known for their, their crazy steep hills. And that one scene where they're going down that, um, that the the, the wavy road. Yeah, I the wavy what road. The name yeah, of it oh, yeah, Lombard Street, which is also in the the Hulk. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah the whole the very first Hulk. The Incredible they, or the no, first no, 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 the, the very, very first, first one. The one with Eric Bana. Yeah, oh, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought that was cool, um, especially how they they shrink the car and then expand it again and then flip it over and just goes crashing down the hill. It was pretty awesome. What yeah. did you guys think of Ghost? The well, I guess she's the main villain. I mean, there's multiple uh, villains in this movie. I mean, so I wouldn't really call her a villain. Think about it. In the, in the, at the end of the movie, you know, I think Paul Rudd referenced her as 
oh, we're now friends. Mm -hmm, Yeah. Or or a new friend. There's something around those lines. So, I mean, her motives were, I get it. She wants to get better. She wants Mm -hmm. to hear herself. She doesn't want to be going through, you know, the the whole facing. Yeah, exactly. She's Um, angry that her father and her mother were killed because of the whole technology. Well, technically, she was lied to because they, you know, she's... Under the impression that Hank Pym basically kicked them out of the out of Shield, exactly, yeah, yeah. when that wasn't necessarily the truth, no, that he was yeah. stealing the the, the you know the technology for yeah. his own use, mm-hmm. you know. So, and again, they kind of kind of just kind of wash over it. They're mm-hmm. not really explain too much of that, other than no. you know, like oh, she's just our new friend. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And they're and you know, but yeah, flip, Me which too. you know. I'm sure she's going to come in and play in, in, you know, movies further down the line, you know, what, well, to what manner. I'm not really sure. You know, who knows if she might even appear, make an appearance on uh, Infinity War, which, you know, her, her powers would be pretty badass to go, you know, ha- see her go up against uh, Thanos. Thanos, you know, with the whole facing. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> you know, yeah. it was like, it'd be pretty awesome. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just had a little bit of a problem with her f- flipping and the story kind of didn't, I, I think I would have liked her her story a little bit, you know, if they would have gone a little bit more into detail mm-hmm. of what, you know, what her motives are or what, how exactly she, she's been a S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, agent for, you know, all these years. And now that all the, all the S.H.I.E.L.D. files are basically online from, you know, Winter Soldier, why haven't they mentioned her at any point? I mean, yeah, you, you, you can argue that they have... Uh, They've had bigger fish to fry at the moment, mm-hmm. but still, you know, you, not even a mention, not even a drop or, you know, cause they've done it with every other, you know, character, you know, but again, I'm, I think at this point I'm just kind of nitpicking a little bit and just kind of rambling on, but she's good. No, I definitely agree with you on that one. I mean, I didn't like the flip either. I mean, it doesn't make any sense that like you said, after all these years of being in shield and like all the crazy shit that she had done over the years, being the sleeper agent and killing yeah. people and just having to deal with her disorder, pretty much, you know, having her body not being able to, phasing in and out like that and how she said constantly throughout the film constantly says it how much pain she's been in over the years because of it i refuse to believe that that mentally she'd be stable at all yeah there's no way in hell and there's no way that she'd be just like oh, okay oh, well i'm fixed now so everything's good everything that happened to me over the past 20 years is cool i'm good now yeah especially but towards the just... especially on the at the end of the towards the end of the film you know it makes it seem like she's off her hinges you know yeah. that she just doesn't care she's no, gonna yeah. you know she's to the point where she's gonna kill you know mm-hmm. hope's mom yeah, she'll do whatever she doesn't fuck. care just yeah. to heal herself exactly. so they're making it seem like she's already kind of going off the exactly yeah you know yeah kind of going off the hinges a little bit so i kind of yeah, had an issue with that she's gonna go off the reservation a little bit yeah if you put yourself in that mindset of like at every moment mm-hmm. i am in pain mm-hmm. and the only thing she can focus on is relieving that pain and getting rid of it I can see where she would go ballistic or, you know, off the hinges mm-hmm. and try and kill Hope's mom. And that was, I don't have so much an issue with her going, okay, now I'm going to help the good guys because they helped me. I have more of an issue of the clarity on what happened to her because Hope touches her in the face. You know, we're basically. You mean, Je- you mean Janet. No. Oh, Janet. Janet. I'm sorry. Yeah, Janet. Yeah Janet, does, yeah. yeah. Janet touches her in the face and basically cures her. But did she take her power away, or did she just cure her? Yeah, you don't really see you're it. You're not she told yeah, if she exactly. still has her powers exactly, or not. Exactly, because you don't see it afterwards. Which, yeah. you know, brings me another big question just out of the film. Well, first of all, it's like, you know, just with the whole shield thing, it, bring, it pops a question for me that kind of, you know, with this whole thing, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the Captain America turning Hydra agent. In the comics. Yeah, in the comics. Yeah, yeah, um, I know that. And yeah. they've been playing a lot with the whole, you know, that's necessarily, S.H.I.E.L.D. wasn't necessarily in, you know, the all nice guys. and clean the good, good guys. guys. Yeah. 
they're making it seem more and more like you know they were doing some stuff some shit out there some that, shady shit yeah, yeah some very shady shit yeah. and I'm just wondering like if they're ever gonna get to the point where they're just gonna explore that Captain Hydra or whatever his name is I'm not really sure what his name is but I think I, I've, I've seen that they basically his name is Captain Hydra instead of Captain America mm-hmm. Um, so I'm just wondering if they're ever going to get to that point where they're basically going to have Captain America turn on us, which I think it would be a, somewhat of a cool story, but, you know, not sure. You know, I don't know, because if if we're meant to believe the news reports, Chris Evans is done. Yeah, exactly. So it won't and be this Captain slowly, America. Yeah, they're slowly passing the mantle to uh, Bucky. Well, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Well, hopefully. And, and again, to do, yeah. as yeah. we already know, you know, Bucky's already somewhat of a oh, yeah. Hydra agent. Yeah, but not, so a, it not opens by the, his own doing, though. I mean, he yeah, was, but he again, if, if they can hack into, or not hack into, but, yeah. you know, kind of those those code words that they yeah. have that yeah. he spent all this time with and Wakanda trying to get him erased, yeah. you know, is that going to happen again, that mm-hmm. there's, he might have a turn? Um, I, I'm just kind of wondering mm-hmm. because of that. And the other question I kind of had with that was... I just hopes uh, or sorry, not hope, but Janet's powers and that she references as, you know, being in the quantum realm has changed me. Mm-hmm. And that's all she says. Like, she doesn't really go into detail. doesn't really explain what changed. She just knows that I've changed. Where the fuck did she get that cape? <laughs> or that that um, that weapon True. that she had on the back of her on her back. I thought it was her wings at first, but they're not. It's like a staff. I sure well, thought no, her wings. Yeah, yeah I did. Her saw her, wings. I her saw wings. her wings. At some point yeah, in the no, movie, no, you can see her, her wings are all torn up. Yeah, but remember, her wings go back into the suit. They kind of like just like come in and out. When yeah, she but maybe they broke. It. Yeah. They broke no, off. it was definitely. No, you got to look at it. It's definitely a staff or a, a weapon of some kind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, we'll Google I that. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't spot that. I mean, as far as you know, Captain America turning and becoming a Hydra agent, I think it would be less surprising for Bucky to do it because Bucky's already been known to be a bad guy. I don't yeah. think that would work if cinematically, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody to be like, Oh yeah, of course he would turn. He was already bad once. I mean, yeah. I don't think that would be as shocking as Captain America, our golden boy, hundred mm-hmm. percent good, never wavers. Well, that's more impactful than civil war. Yeah. That's not the same. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know if that would work for me. I like where your head's at though. I, yeah. I mean, I like that idea. And also referring to the, to ghost in this movie, the reason I will suspend disbelief in this movie because S.H.I.E.L.D.'s a giant organization. And as we've learned throughout all these movies, not only were they infiltrated by Hydra, there's corners of S.H.I.E.L.D. that we had no idea or were in, even like out there. Even existed, yeah. Yeah, even existed. So the fact that we never heard of Ghost is not surprising, especially because she's a ghost and she keeps phasing in and exactly. out of things. And she so was it's a sleeper like, agent, so I mean, I'm not yeah. going to keep information on her. It's going to be, you know. And also, it, 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 um, I forget the character's name, uh, but Lawrence Fishburne's character, oh, Bill, yeah. Bill been, Foster, yeah, Bill Foster, yeah. has been trying to help her this entire time and mm-hmm. probably trying to hide her away and keep her hidden yeah. so that he can help her. So you know that explains a little bit of that away. Yeah, yeah, because he used to work for Shield also. Did he? Bill Foster, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. talk about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, because he was recruited. Which, yeah, was him recruited. and Hank. Him and Hank were working together. On yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which they they mentioned they were working on a project uh, yeah. called Goliath. Goliath. Yeah. Which I'm um, not really sure how familiar you guys are, but on the comic books version of Civil War, there is a guy or a superhero that's named Goliath that's like super size. Mm-hmm. He's Goliath. Oh, really? Yeah. That's why he said, yeah. I grew too. Yeah, exactly. He's Goliath. That's what, that's what they're talking about. It's, that's it's, what they're referring it's the to. the technology to grow. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah like, well, did you guys, you guys know how he, you know, basically 
meets his end on, on Infinity, or no, one sorry, not Infinity War, uh, Civil War. No. That basically the cyborg Thor just blows a giant hole down his chest and he never shrinks back down to his original size. Oh, wow. He stays yeah. giant. That's insane. Yeah. Fun fact with uh, Lauren Fishburne, you know, he's already stated that he wants to at some point uh, play Goliath in a movie or just make an appearance, which is pretty awesome. Um, funny thing that he's going to just kind of just phase away from the DC universe. But yeah, that's a whole different story there. <laughs> just like Ghost, she phases? Yep, yep she's going to face. <laughs> <laughs> what did you guys think about uh, his and Ghost's relationship? Um, I thought it was pretty cool that it was similar to the father-daughter relationship between Hank and Hope and Scott and Cassie. How did you guys feel about that? I kind of missed it at first. I just, uh, at the beginning, I kind of felt like he was just after his own, you know, interest. I didn't, I didn't think he was... You know, kind of. I I didn't feel at first like he had any you know relationship with her. Like but emotional to, ties. Yeah, it was. It always seemed more to me like he was just out his for his own best interest and just to further his research. Uh, but towards the end of the film, as as he's basically noticing that she's kind of going off the hinges, as we alluded before, you can start feeling and seeing that emotion that he actually has for her. At the beginning of the movie, I just didn't feel it. Ant Man movies just. They really do hinge on that family, family father-daughter yeah. ties. Like, they didn't abandon it in this movie, and I, I appreciate that. Because that was the heart of Ant-Man. And I like that they didn't just go, nah, let's just focus on action and comedy. They, mm -hmm. they tried really hard to focus on Scott and Cassie's relationship. And then also, that'd be really cool if they're setting this up for her to be a superhero eventually down the road. Not take me for a fact, but, you know, rumors that they've uh, casted, uh, I believe her name is Emma Furman. Uh, to play a young, older Cassie Lang in the Infinity War. Yeah, which I think yeah. they've been trying to keep it under wraps because they don't want, I mean, because obviously, I think everybody at this point kind of knows that they're going to play with time in the different, in the second, you know, Avengers movie. I think that's all our assumption is that sometime, somehow, some way, time is going to play a factor into the second half of yeah. Infinity War. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, with her being an older Cassie or or how they're going to tie her in because they've already said it that they're not against exploring the, the young Avengers with them seeing uh, what's the um, the the X Men movie or show right now that's going on? The I forgot the name of it. Jesus Christ! Oh, um, Young Avengers. The Young Avengers. Yeah. Uh, that they want to do that because they've noticed that other you know shows have actually been working. So they're like, well, why not explore it? Definitely, I agree. Um, I also noticed that um, Hank and Hope's relationship, but definitely they they after the first movie definitely mended their ties and got over all of, you know. Whatever you know. Yeah, they're they definitely in. they're yeah, definitely yeah. closer oh, from the first one. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I especially <laughs> thought it was funny that um, Hope kind of flips the script in this one. How she's uh, was angry at her father in the last one, and like you know, grows to. They're working. It seems like they're working towards a goal together, and it seems like the one kind of driving a wedge between them. It's almost like it's Scott Lang. Yeah. You know, he keeps mm -hmm. keeps on just fucking up throughout, yeah. basically fucking up their lives and because they're on the run because of him, because of his uh, actions from Infinity War. I mean, Infinity War. Mm -hmm. Civil uh, War. Civil War, yeah. sorry. Something with the war. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, it just kind of seems like they, he's the the driving wedge between them um, because they're on the run. And then at some point, because of a stupid mistake again that he does, uh, they get their, their lab taken away because of a phone call that he stupidly made um but yeah so i really like you know last episode when we were talking about ant-man and recapping that how we discussed why would you give a criminal your suit you know you built this suit it's everything to you why would you give it to scott and then in this movie it comes up it's like 
you lost my suit. You destroyed my suit. What the heck? What, are you, what were you thinking? He's mad at him. He's angry at him. I'm like, yeah, you gave a criminal your suit and he stole it. Like, what do you expect? <laughs> expect? Like, he used it and... Hank doesn't like Tony Stark or the Avengers or S.H.I.E.L.D. or any of that stuff. And he took the Ant-Man suit, Scott Lang, you know, Paul Rudd took that suit to go help Captain America and essentially, you know. It was a slap in the face to Hank. Yeah, in a war that Hank would never be a part of. You know, he would never approve that. So I I thought that was a nice little kind of, not retcon or callback, but Mm -hmm. yeah, like, yeah, basically a callback to Ant-Man where it's like, Hey, why would you give this guy his your suit? Wouldn't he take it and like abuse the power? And sure enough, yeah, that's what he did. Yeah. <laughs> He's paying for it in this movie. You know, him and Hank's relationship is very fractured in this movie. Yeah, which is one of the things that I just love about Marvel movies: how they attention to detail they put on everything. I mean, and 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 like I, I get people not you know liking or getting from the superhero fatigue because of that. You know, because you, you spend, it's, I mean, it's 10, well, now we're going, what, 11 years of superhero movies, and it's so many films that you have to kind of go back and watch and to get little references. And I mean, I know a lot of people are not going to do that. You know, so for me, that I've been following them for the, you know, the whole entire Marvel universe since that it began, I appreciate, I really appreciate all those, all those little callbacks, all those little breadcrumbs that they drop and just fut- for future references or future plots. You know, I just loved all that. You know, like I said, it just amazes me how they're able to control so much of their, like, basically their expanding universe overall and just how they keep, you know, everything together. How did the emotional beats of this movie resonate with you guys? Uh, they were a little meh, a little bit. You didn't really enjoy the the whole Scott Lang and Cassie relationship? Because it was a, a lot more heartfelt in no, this. I, no, I definitely yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah, and I love, I love how they gave her a lot more lines in this film. And good ones too. She was hilarious in this movie. They definitely were so like, good. "Hey, she was she it's, was a standout in the last yeah, one. Let's give her some exactly, more lines." Exactly, yeah. especially with um, with uh, what's his name, John Woo. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Randall Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Randall Park's character. Yeah. Every time he, they would come and check on him at his house, she was yeah. just like, "Why are you fucking with my dad so much?" Like, and then as that that towards the end of it. She like mad dogs him as 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 he's going up the stairs to check yeah. on on Scott. I just thought that was that was pretty funny. She's gonna be a massive star, man. Yeah, she's yeah. got that star power for yeah. sure. Okay, guys, let's go ahead and head into closing thoughts here. Any last minute details or nitpicks that you guys have? I mean, I don't none this. Well, one of them can be a nitpick. The other one is just you know just random thoughts. Uh, the first one is like, man, what the hell is up with uh, the release date that they've given Ant-Man? The, well, Ant-Man and the Wasp. First one followed, I believe, was Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, and, and not in order, uh, Winter Soldier, and Age of Ultron. Like, dude, those are some tough-ass movies to follow up. And then you have uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp following Black Panther, uh, Thor Ragnarok, um, and Infinity War. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> man, like, are you guys like, really trying to set up ant-man to fail or or what the heck man it's like it's a tough you know follow to follow up with that i I definitely think i agree on the avengers infinity war follow-up but i i I like this movie after that movie because it really kind of lifts my spirits it was a fun movie it wasn't a world-ending movie it was heartfelt but it focused a lot on comedy and being you know a light in darkness basically you know like that movie was so like dark and and kind of pulled you down a lot because it's like oh my god it's the end of the world and then we got this movie which is like hey 
it's okay that happened. Come on, cheer up. It's like that best friend that's trying to cheer you up after you had a bad day. It's like, come on, buddy. It's going to be okay. Don't worry. Yeah. So that I don't mind. I didn't know about the other time slot that they had when this movie came out. And that makes sense. Didn't do that well at the box office uh, when it first came out. Um, it, it definitely obviously did well enough to grant it a sequel. Um, but this one's already doing way better than the last one, box office-wise. So I don't know, Fail. I mean, I, it seems like, yeah, maybe those aren't the best time slots. But box office-wise, it's doing okay. Yeah. Well, I, I feel like at the same time, um, and I think this is part of the reason why it just feels like such a standalone movie. Because you would think that they would follow somewhat of what happened to an infinity war, but they don't. There's just the cell. And that's, I think that's why it feels like such a standalone movie that it's referring to something from a, what is it now? Two, three movies from civil war. That since they came out three, right? Cause I think it's uh infinity war, black Panther, who actually it might be a little bit more uh, no, yeah, and movies yeah. in between. Uh, but it just feels more like a standalone movie than any of the other Marvel, I mean, with the exception of the initial, you know, origin movies, it feels like more of a just standalone movie compared to the rest of the, you know, compared to sequels, you know, because even this one as the as a as a sequel, it feels like a, just a standalone. Even though they do a lot of you know breadcrumbing and plot setting up for future movies and villains, yeah, it just it just feels like they do somewhat somewhat of world building for future villains and heroes. As I you know previously said with goliath and you know uh, what's his name a uh, fishburn yeah lawrence fishburn's yeah, lawrence character fishburne. yeah sorry Blank yeah and, and and speaking of that the uh, walter goggins character who was his buyer you know he was trying to sell this quantum realm technology in the at hank's lab to a buyer do you guys feel like that connects or is that some kind of small oh, easter I, egg i have a very interesting theory on this that ties in and again it goes back to just how Mar- how marvel does such a great job just tying in movies so i'll start off with the with spider-man homecoming right so throughout the movie especially i think towards the you know ending of of homecoming uh you see them happy hogan i believe is his name um they're in the process of moving out of the what is it the marble tower or the no sorry not the marble the tower avengers the avengers tower, tower right <laughs> the avengers sorry. tower well whatever uh yeah they're they're in the middle of of moving out they never really specifically say who's moving or why they're moving they're just moving right so now going back into Ant-Man and the wasp well they have this buyer that they never really explain who he is what are his motives or anything they just we just know it's a buyer so i have a theory Okay, what's the theory? The theory is, I think it's going to be Norman Osborn. He bought the tower. He wants the technology. He's a scientist. You know, with eventually, I, I think, eventually, you, we, we all know or expect to Stone, Tony Stark, a.k.a. Robert Downey Jr., you know, eventually he's going to be the, you know, he's the one with all the technology. So eventually he's going to be basically, you know, gone from the Marvel Universe at some point. So... How are you going to introduce, you know, more technology and just all this other stuff and into the 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 Marvel universe? So why not have another highly intelligent, you know, scientist in the movie or in the universe? But instead of being like this good, you know, do gooder, you know, wants to do the right thing, well, he's going to be basically the complete opposite of Tony Stark. You know, the supervillain, evil scientist has all the technology and everything. I feel like he's going to be basically the main villain with, especially with, you know, and they've been saying that 
um, Spider-Man basically is going to be the leader of the leading the way for the second or this upcoming phase of the Marvel Universe. And I feel like, well, who better than, you know, to be the one, the antagonist for Spider-Man than Norman Osborn. So that's why I get a feeling that it might be him and it ties in with everything going back from Homecoming. And, and I mean, I don't know if I don't know what you guys think. I, I feel like that's just my theory. Yeah. Share your thoughts. I want, I'm very <sighs> curious to see what you guys think about my my theory over here. I, I definitely think that's a good theory. Oh, man. Um, we never know what Marvel's going to pull out of their hat. But you know but what? We do I or- trust them. I, I trust them. I just don't know if they're going to go the, the Norman Osborn route because it's already been done. Uh, I think it's an interesting idea. Definitely. You know, they never do anything on a small scale, with, especially with, like, main villains. They're always going to go, like, bigger scale, bigger threat, you know. So I, I'm and honestly, what unless they go, you know, with the what what's the God? I forget their names. The the Celestials, the mm. Celestials. Uh, that's you know, I just I guess, and it just kind of brings up questions of what where necessarily they're heading with the future of the Marvel universe. And I guess that's kind of I and I myself don't kind of have the thoughts kind of sorted out through my head. Man, because I, I, I mean, you go so big with like yeah. Infinity War. I think you somehow have to bring it, ground it, the franchise back down to kind of bring it down to earth. You know, pun intended. <laughs> you know, you have to bring <laughs> it back to earth. You know, grounded. Um, just that type of you know, and I who else that you you know what other possible villain that you can bring that could kind of bring the Avengers or you know you have the whole possibility of you know the Sinister Six and. You know, just like I said, at this point, I'm just kind of just yeah. theorizing a lot more than I don't, like I said, don't have really my thoughts kind of sorted out through that. But I feel like, you know, in the long run, or Norman Osborn would be such a cool setup for the rest of the villains or just villains all, all, all around. I, d- I definitely want him in this universe and I think he would fit in nicely. Yeah, I, I just think maybe it's a little too soon to call who that buyer could be. I think it, it is the definition of an Easter egg. Yeah. Hey, that's a small little nugget here, and it could be anybody. Like, yeah. it, literally, it literally could be Norman Osborn, but we just, it's so soon, and yeah. it's such a small, minor detail that I think I almost missed, you know? So it, it's, it's cool. I like the concept. The, the other thing I wanted to kind of just bring up was, and just kind of get your guys' thoughts on it, it was... Um, the after credit scene, the basically the one where he gets up getting stuck on the quantum realm after and basically catches up the mar- or I'm sorry, not the Marvel, but you know, Ant Man to the events after Infinity War over the whole, you know, basically the aftermath of the finger snap. Um, how do you guys think that's gonna affect or I mean, like, uh, yeah, I guess just I want to get your thoughts on what do you guys think and how everything's gonna play out. Yeah, I definitely think that was on everybody's mind going into this movie. It's like, where does this film fall? It, you know, it takes place after Avengers Infinity War, yet all the trailers and marketing and everything would lead you to suggest that it takes place before, which it does. Yeah. And we find out at the very end, the mid credit scene, we have the main characters on a rooftop. They've miniaturized the quantum tunnel inside a van. And they're collecting quantum energy for their new friend, which they claim is Ghost. So that leads us to believe that she's not completely healed and she might be a, you know, an ally moving forward. And Scott Lang has to shrink down, go into the quantum realm and collect some quantum energy. He collects the energy and then we cut back to the surface. The main characters have turned to ash. Basically, the very end of this movie 
is the end of Avengers Infinity War, where Thanos snaps his fingers and half the universe is gone, leaving Scott Lang stuck in the quantum realm. Now, before he goes in, Hope's mom does mention, don't get caught in a time warp. Vortex. Vortex. Yeah. Which we've all kind of theorized that time is going to play uh, a big part in Avengers Infinity War Part 2, still untitled. We don't know the title of that film. What are your guys' thoughts on this? How do you think he's going to get out? I've heard some random theories like, oh, you know, Tony will get him out. I'm like, Tony doesn't even know he's in there. Plus, they don't really like each other. Well, one of the theories I have, I think, you know, they're going to tie in with uh, kind of referencing to the whole um, Cassie Lang getting, you know, somebody getting cast as, uh, I believe her name was Emma Furman. Um, they casted her as an older Cassie Lang. I think she might. I mean, and I and I feel this is like the one of the lesser ones that basically she's gonna start messing around with technology and science, and basically she will be the one that gets them out. Uh, it's a little far fetched to me with some of the theories that I've heard uh, that I read from that. I kind of don't buy into it. The other one that I recently read was that Michael Douglas wants to. You know, he's been pretty adamant that he wants after the whole de aging on this movie that he wants to basically had his own ant-man movie but it doesn't make any sense going back you know to old ant-man it's like we kind of already did it so i think he might play a bigger role on infinity war as you know ant-man scott lang is gonna pop out on one of those time vortex when you know michael douglas character hank pym is a younger version of him and that way he'll get his opportunity to play ant-man so i think we might get two ant-mans in infinity war or you know, Hank Pym's version and Scott Lang's per- version of Ant-Man um, with him going into the time vortex and Hank Pym helping them basically get back to his reality or his time and in, in place in the in the universe. Um, and from there, just basically taking off. I, I feel like that that's the route they might take it. Yeah, I think that's a really cool idea. And I, I would love that to see two Ant-Mans on screen, a young, so a young Michael awesome. Douglas. Like that would be really cool. And like I said, we have no idea how time is going to play a factor, but we definitely feel like it's going to fit in there somewhere. I mean, yeah. The only other person, I mean, what, do you think Ghost could possibly get him out of, the, out of there? I don't think so. Oh, I mean, I, you know what? Maybe. I mean, if, I they're, mean yeah, if they're there to collect energy yeah. for her, yeah. she would know that, correct? Right. Well, yeah, and Bill Foster is is somewhat you know familiar with that technology. Also. We don't know if he's, if he's alive or dead, so... Oh, yeah, that's true. The whole oh, thing yeah, is we or, don't know about those characters. Or this could be how they tie in Lawrence Fishburne's character donning the Goliath suit again. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that, yeah. that, that would one. be awesome. Yeah. Oh, you, how badass would it be yeah. Goliath going against Thanos? <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> that would be so oh, awesome. Oh, man, that would be awesome. Yeah, I mean, these movies are going to have mass amount of characters and Marvel characters. So. Yeah, I mean, we can mm-hmm. speculate for hours, you know, just on speculation yeah, and stuff like that. I mean, like how that. interesting would it be if in, if he gets stuck in a time vortex and he bumps into that cross? Oh, wow. Because we still don't know where the hell he went. I mean, yeah, he, his, well, his we're character... we're presuming that he died. Exactly, but, yeah, I well, mean, it is again, a time vortex. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess they could pop out anywhere. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I guess only time will tell. Exactly. We'll have to wait and see when Avengers Infinity War comes out next year. Okay, guys, it's been an adventure. Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Randy. Fail. Naughty. Peace out. Peace.